Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome into the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white. Drink blue and light. It is time for some bonus Keystone Kickoff Show. And who better to spend bonus time with than the voice of Penn State basketball himself, my good buddy Jeff Brown. How you doing, sir? Woohoo, Jimmy. How are you today? I'm okay. I'm just okay, especially after that performance on Sunday night. Uh, wasn't that just, it was sad. It was frustrating. It was aggravating, um, a game they should have won. And I think later on this season, they're going to look back at this and say, that's the one that got away. Oh, no doubt. I'll tell you another description for the game. How about we call it deja vu all (laughs) over again? Yeah. I, I had to check, uh, make sure I was watching the game live and I wasn't watching a replay from last season. <laughs> Didn't I see this be- this show before where you absolutely dominate a team in the first half? You get a huge lead just to watch it melt away. Watch it fritter away. That's right. I, and it bothers Jim Ferry, too. I, I was watching his press conference and he at least three or four times in an 11 minute press conference mentioned that they were up eight with two minutes to go and you've got to win those games. So I know it's eating at him too. Well, just in case anyone doesn't know, we are talking about the Penn State Seton Hall game from Sunday night where Penn State built up, I think it was up to a 19-point lead yeah. in the first half, mm-hmm. um, blew that lead completely. And it's interesting you mentioned uh, that Jim Ferry's issue was the fact that they came back later in the game actually had an eight-point lead with a couple minutes left. And I went back and looked, and we will hit on this game a little bit against VCU. The end was different. Miles Dredd hits the three-pointer at the buzzer to win that game. Mm-hmm. But you actually had the same thing in that game, Jeff. I went and looked it up. With three minutes left, Penn State had an eight-point lead then also and didn't finish them out until Miles Dredd hits the buzzer beater. What is going on that they can't close the game? Well, the interesting thing, and again, uh, you know, listening to, to interim head coach Jim Ferry, is, is he came out with the word selfish. And I was kind of surprised. You know, you don't normally hear a, a coach say something like that, but he said they were selfish on offense and selfish on defense. They played almost a flawless first half. And, you know, this Seton Hall team is a good team. They lost to Louisville by one. They lost to number 13, Oregon, by 13, and they lost to Rhode Island by 13. So they were probably the best one and three team Penn State could possibly play. So they were no slouches, and you, know, you got to give credit to, to Seton Hall. But they took care of them in the first half, and he said they came out in the second half. They were taking bad shots, bad clock management. They weren't playing the defensive scheme that made them successful in the first half. And, and again, a couple of times he just said, we were, we were selfish. It was selfish play on both ends of the ball. It appears to the layperson that when it's late in the game, it looks like they want to chew up some clock. So they let it run down a bit, the shot clock. 
And then when you're, you're down to 10 seconds and you need to start the offense at that point, it turns into, well, whoever has the ball, you know, either backs his man down or, you know, takes a poor three point shot. So is this something where they go into a shell too quick where they should just still be running their normal offense at that point, Jeff? Well, see, I, I'll, I'll go the other side with you because um, I'm, I'm pretty sure when Seton Hall scored the tying basket, there was 43 seconds left in the game. And on Penn State's two previous possessions, they shot the ball each time with 20 seconds left in the shot clock. So, okay. you know, even if they take 15 seconds off, Seton Hall gets that ball with 13 seconds left to try to tie it in regulation, not 43. And, and oh. so, yeah, it kind of boggles my mind. And again, Coach Ferry mentioned it, that they just they didn't play smart out there. They lost their identity, as I believe how he put it, and on, on both ends of the court. Well, I hope there, there's a lesson learned in here for them. Uh, let's go into a couple other things. There, there were some good things to see in these games, especially – you know, the VCU game where they did end up pulling it out. Mm-hmm. Let's talk more, though, about the Seton Hall, because it's at least fresh in my memory, unfortunately. <laughs> um, one of the things, and I'll ask you to pronounce his name. You had to do it all night. <laughs> the big guy from Seton Hall, he was certainly a handful for, for Penn State. And uh, he was had 30 points. Yeah. Actually, even hit a couple three pointers. Uh, again, I'm going to let you give his name, but I'm not sure Penn State has the folks to cover someone like that up front. You know, when I, I showed up for the game, I'm looking down the roster as I always do to check pronunciations, and I saw his name, and I said, "Oh dear God, let him be a backup." Okay. <laughs> Don't make me have to say his name more than a couple of times, and, and the guy scores 30 points. It was Sandro Mamukalashvili. Holy cow. Mamukalashvili. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't put an ah at the end of it. But uh, he's he's an, he's going to be an NBA player. I mean, he's, he's really, really good. He's huge. But the thing that hit me in the first half, Jim, was it was not only him – uh, but they they had a couple of other players who were huge. The o- Obiagu, yeah, was one of them. He's seven two and two hundred and seventy pounds, but he is well, totally undisciplined and he has not a lot of talent. Once he gets about three steps away from the basket, but it was a big body yeah. that they had to deal with, and all of a sudden, when you had them both in, it looked like Penn State was. At rightfully so, I guess, putting a center on Abiago, which would be John Harrow when he was in, or Trent Buntrick. And then you had, you know, Seth Lundy, mm-hmm. or sometimes Miles Dredd, covering, I guess, Sandro. I'll call him Sandro. How's that? <laughs> and, you know, to both their credit, I, I think they did, especially... Uh, you know, Miles Dredd, I thought, did a wonderful job defending him, considering yeah. the size difference. But if an opposing team has two bigs, boy, that's going to create a mismatch, isn't it? Well, you and I talked about that last week, about if there is a weakness on the Penn State team, it's under the hoop. Um, you know, John Harris plays his heart out, and Trent Buttrick has gotten much better. 
and he can spell John. But if you get big guys underneath, these guys are going to get worn out. And that showed toward the end of the game, not only because, uh, you know, Mamu Kalashvili was able to kind of dominate inside, but they racked up a lot of fouls. I mean, Johnny ended up fouling out of the game. Um, and, the, and then you start saying, oh, geez, we don't want Seth on him because we've got to keep Seth in the game. Um, it, it, he caused a lot of problems toward the end. And that's a size problem that Penn State's going to have to deal with all season long. Definitely. And I would think some of the uh, better teams in the Big Ten have a presence on uh, up front. I'm going to be curious how they do. Uh, what's the big kid from Iowa who's a real player? Garza, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you you face teams like that. That's going to be tough to deal with for that team, for yeah. this team. Um, I will okay. say, though, Jim, and, and again, I, I in previous shows, I've said I hate saying something like this, but the, the officiating was horrendous last night. They were uh, alternately letting guys get away with murder and then calling really chippy things. And there was no consistency at all. And when you let a team go to the line 35 times, you're probably going to lose the game. And and Seton Hall was at the line all the time last night. That was interesting. And although they didn't put it on the officials directly, the the announcers on TV, I think it was Steve Bardo was the color guy. I think so, yeah. Uh, He mentioned there were back to almost back-to-back times where Sam Sessoms went to the hoop. At least one of them, he ended up on the ground. They got clobbered. They were all getting clobbered. And it was like, gee, how how could there not be a call there? Yeah, I don't know how Myron Jones got out of bed this morning because he got some really nasty hits. And I was watching. I'm not sure which official it was as far as his name is concerned. But again, my, my tinfoil blue and white hat on. Um he did not like Isaiah Brockington. I mean, they were mm. tipping at each other all game. And every time he called a foul on Isaiah, you know, Isaiah might look at him and he'd say something to Isaiah. Um, so there was, there was something going on between him and, and Isaiah Brockington. I don't know what it was, but Isaiah got called for a couple of really ticky tack fouls. Well, there was one early that I do remember seeing Jeff and it was, uh, again, with no fans in the stands, we could hear it on TV. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was the Brockington foul where you heard him quickly. That was me. <laughs> you yeah. know, or you called that on me. And it was now he didn't help himself with the one foul where he was diving after the ball. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. You, you can't do that when you're already with three fouls. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. John Hara, he can't after he's he just got his third foul. He can't go over the back, which he did, and that's yep. one of the things that he has to work on. They uh, made a lot of it was there was a lot of silly passes, a lot of silly fouls. Um, they just weren't thinking in the second half. No, they weren't. And one of the things I was making some mental notes as I was watching the game, and I think at halftime, Jeff, I was already formulating our discussion. And one of the things I was going to tell you is my absolute new favorite player is Sam Sessoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
a guy that you told us about last week, and I saw him play VCU. He's a player. He really oh. is. And he made a couple mistakes in that second half, a couple uh, not real smart turnovers. But overall, he there's a player, and I liked having the ball in his hands late in the game. You know what kind of player he is? And, and again, I got this from the Ferry press conference. They asked him about Sam missing those two free throws that would have tied it up. And um, Ferry said, yeah, but what you don't know is he went back out on the court and shot free throws after the game was over. That's wow. how there he is. Overall, I, he just seems like a smart player. Mm-hmm. He also is someone who can get to the hoop and still stay under control. Yes. Yeah, he's got great body control, great quickness. Um, I do think, especially last game, that he he tried too hard to take shots. He threw up a couple that did not even have a prayer at all uh and, and when you're when you're in the second half and you're trying to protect the lead you got to be smarter than that well i'll tell you the announcer was very complimentary again it was steve barda uh, i don't know if you recall the play where he went to the hoop and it was the big guy covering him and he went right at him yes but he, he didn't extend his arm he used his body to make some space it was a phenomenal play and um, it was uh, it was great to see. And the interesting, and I'll ask you if you remember the player and if you agree, Steve Bardo compared him to John Bagley. Oh, my goodness. That for... That's a blast. Goes back... from the past. <laughs> that, that is a blast from the past. Do you remember Bagley? And uh, I kind of see it. Do you? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, in In the sense that he's. He's not the tallest player. He's not the quickest player, but he makes the the most out of every single thing he has every second he's on the floor. He 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 really does. So I like him. There is a lot of talent on this team. I think we're seeing Seth Lundy now step up. He's uh, the lead dog on this team. He's the guy that they turn to. He seems to be ready to take on that role, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the two things we talked about last week were, you know, where's their weakness? It, it was proven that under the hoop is going to be their weakness. And we wondered where the points from Lamar Stevens were going to come from. They're obviously going to come from Seth Lundy. The, the kid's incredible, and he's fearless. He'll put up a shot from anywhere. And he can get his shot up yes. from anywhere. He, mm-hmm. he, can, he can make a shot on his own. I'm waiting for Myron Jones also to put it all together. I think when that happens on the offensive side, they're going to be okay. All right, before we let you go, they do have a big game coming up on Tuesday night this week, correct? Yeah, they've got a brutal schedule coming up. They're taking on Virginia Tech in the ACC Challenge. Um, that tip is at 9 o'clock at night. Um, so I'll have to stay up and burn the midnight oil for that. (laughs) Right after that, they've got Michigan and then they've got Illinois back here. I believe the 23rd, um, or the 20th at some ways, one of those two, but I mean, those are three really tough games. And like I said before, Seton Hall was one and three, but they lost to Louisville and Oregon and Rhode Island. So they were no slouch. Well, what are you looking for in those games from this team? I hope they learned a lot from this this game. Um, obviously, when you put up 92 points, even in overtime, you can fill the, the, the basket up anytime you want to. 
and that's great. Uh, and and defensively, the way they took on these guys, because you know, Seton Hall, if you didn't watch the game, Seton Hall was huge and um, and talented. And they shut them down. They played a great half of basketball. I guess that's probably the most frustrating thing of all is they should have won this game by 20 points easily. So I'm still really, really excited about this team. I think they can beat Virginia Tech, Michigan, Illinois coming in ranked number five, at least right now. You know, that that may be a questionable one, but I think they can easily take care of uh, Virginia Tech and Michigan. All right, well, we're going to find out. And then next week, Jeff, I'm going to start the show by saying, hey, you said they were going to win these games. <laughs> and it's it's either going to be a pat on the back for yeah. for how good your prediction was or or I'll kick you in the butt if you were wrong, okay? I'll never work in this town again, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that will have to be it for this overtime segment of the keystone kickoff show jeff thanks so much as always for being on the show thank you jimmy and thanks for everybody listening all right we'll see you next time on the keystone kickoff show